and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the show. This is episode number 51, The Power of Identity. And as of this recording, the podcast is nearly a year old, and we've just crossed 5,000 downloads. And so I just want to pause and thank and acknowledge those of you who are listening right now. Starting a podcast was something I imagined years back, but it was definitely on the list of, oh, I could never do that, daydreams that I had. Until a little over 15 months ago, I didn't know anyone who had a podcast, didn't know how you recorded it. Uh, let alone put it out into the world for others to listen to. But I learned, I met people, I asked questions, I found guides. I brought myself into new spaces where I could meet those people and learn. The point here is just to share that if you have something that you feel called to do, get started and be willing for it to be messy. Many of you who have listened have shared with me what particular episodes mean to you and that you found some of your own stories in mine. And that is what this project means to me. It's about connection and normalizing our struggles in order to recognize our common humanity. All this to say that I appreciate your support and feedback, and I look forward to kicking off a second year. So here we go. Today, we're gonna talk about how identity figures into our habits and think about it as it relates to the habits that we have now and those that we're trying to change. This is not a new idea, and yet I think we can easily discount how stuck we get in our identities, created in our mind by the self-talk and the background chatter that we all experience. If I were to ask you to describe your identity, depending on the context of our discussion, I might hear wildly different answers. Consider if you were in a job interview, sitting eagerly, trying to put your best foot forward, and someone asked you to describe yourself, what would you say? Now imagine yourself on a first date, getting to know a potential new romantic partner. You're excited, you can see potential. What different elements of your identity would you present? We can see how the context of these two encounters, where we are meeting new people, trying to put our best selves forward, might produce different facets of our identities. And yet, Perhaps the most telling parts of our identities is not how we present ourselves to others, but how we think of ourselves internally. Do I think of myself as a rock star, capable of whatever I put my mind to, adventurous, open to new experiences? Do I think of myself as lazy and borderline incompetent? Do I worry that if people knew how poorly I took care of myself, that they would never seek my medical advice as a physician? Regardless of what others may see on the outside or our external accomplishments or lack thereof, these stories that we carry about who we are matter. And for most of us who struggle with feeling overwhelmed, overworked, overburdened, and burned out, the stories we're carrying about ourselves are riddled with judgment, 
blame, and feelings of inadequacy. And when we don't follow through with habit changes or other commitments we're trying to make, we often will add these to the internal story as proof that we aren't cutting it. In his book, Atomic Habits, James Clear does a beautiful job talking about the tension between our current identities and what we want our identity to be. We think that we can do the work, take the actions of changing our habits, and then we will create a new identity for ourselves as a byproduct of the actions. When we do this, we often have to force ourselves into the actions that don't come easily, that aren't habits yet, aren't attractive, and it takes a lot of effort to sustain, which is not the most effective way to drive change. Rather, what if we decide now to embrace the new identity, to start by practicing thinking of ourselves in a new light now, and using that to pull us into new actions? To highlight this, let's consider the difference in these two scenarios. Scenario one, you do not currently exercise, but you know that you should. Each day you tell yourself that tomorrow is a fresh start and you can count on yourself to feel motivated to break the cycle of inaction. But today you can't. You snooze your alarm and you tell yourself you'll go after work to exercise. But then you feel tired, you're too busy, etc. You wish it came easily, like your sister, who just ran a 10K, but you've always been lazy compared to her, and she only works part-time and just has one kid, and you've got three, and you're a doctor, so yeah, you just don't exercise. Scenario two, you do not currently exercise. Your sister just ran a 10K. She seems to have a lot of energy, and you decide that you want to feel the same. It's true, you have three kids, and you work full-time as a doctor, but she wasn't always a runner, so you know you can become a runner too. Each night, you set out your running shoes by the front door, and when the alarm goes off each morning, you tell yourself, runners get up and run. So you get up and get moving. At first, you can only run a block at a time, and it's more walking than running. Some days, you can only do 10 minutes, and if you were up all night with a sick kid or you were on call at night, five minutes is enough. A few times, you forgot but you notice that each day you run a little bit further and you come home with more energy and you start finding yourself looking forward to the run because it's time that your brain gets to relax. It's easier to eat better too. So on and so on. It's true, this is an idealized scenario, but you can see how in the first instance, we're waiting for motivation, waiting for energy, waiting for time, waiting for it to seem like a good idea to actually exercise while at the same time telling ourselves that we're lazy. It's not exactly motivating. In the second scenario, we're choosing to lean into what we want more of, willing to show up because runners get up and run, willing to go short distances, and we keep leaning into the idea that we're a runner, and it starts to change how we feel and the choices that we make. We notice what feels good. We allow ourselves the grace when we can only do a little, or if we forget, or if life happens. We are connecting with the idea that we are running. Let's connect the same concept to who we are, how we are at work. From the beginning of residency, I considered myself slow in the exam room. I justified it as being a good listener, which I was, 
But there was also an element of me feeling that my lack of experience required me to spend more time with my patients so that they, quote unquote, got enough value from the visit. I would answer all their questions. I didn't set an agenda. I remember a patient, a young woman who was using heroin, came in for a wellness visit, and midway through showed me an abscess on her wrist that clearly needed draining. I finished the wellness visit with her before I went to go get my attending, because how could I not finish what she'd come in for, despite the acute concern? I developed a self-concept of being slow, patient, thorough, and kind, but also having no boundaries and undervaluing the knowledge that I did have. I brought this self-concept with me post-residency, unfortunately, and it wasn't really until many years later that I was able to see the harm I was doing to myself as I failed to set boundaries with patients and spent far too much time agonizing over getting notes and charts just right. Each time I tried to fix it, I would try to force myself to do better, force myself to stay on time, but playing in the background of my mind was the story that I was slow and thorough and that felt unchangeable. And I see many versions of this story happen over and over again in the physicians that I coach. We've created identities from our internal monologues about who we are, and then we struggle to make changes and eventually give up. Change feels undoable. But consider what happens when we choose to change that internal narrative. Rather than thinking of myself as someone who's too thorough to possibly close my notes as I go, what if I start connecting myself with the idea that I am someone who charts effectively? That I choose to believe that spending more time on notes does not make me a better physician. That I think of myself as someone who sets boundaries with kindness because it's necessary for me to run my practice sustainably. If I'm identifying with the words sustainable, effective, boundaries, and kindness, I will find myself in the background of my mind, figuring out what do I need to change about my day in order to practice that way. As you can see, this is helping to create a new identity for myself, or really to highlight the facets of my identity that I want to emphasize and changing the narrative and the mind chatter. Consider for yourself what your greatest current area of challenge is professionally. What do you want to be more sustainable in your day? Do you seek a leadership position or a raise? Are you looking to step into more of a teaching role? Whatever it is, identify and think if your current self-image is helping you to create that goal. Are your current thoughts helping you to feel motivated to take the actions required to meet your goals? Or are they derailing you? If you find yourself frequently stuck in the energy of, I can't do this, what if you pause to instead ask, how might I do this? How would a leader do this? How would a teacher do this? What would be a more sustainable way to think about this problem? Changing the language of our thoughts, bringing in curiosity and a desire to try, try and fail your way to success is really key here. And yes, it's possible that you won't get the promotion or your goals will change. But engaging with the process from a place of identifying with the goal, of aligning yourself with the goal, rather than what you have now or who you are now, moves us closer. I'll point out here too, 
that if you're a physician or really whatever role you currently have, this is work that you have done before. At some point, you weren't doing your current role. You weren't yet a physician. You were training for it. And in order to stick with a rigorous course of study and years of working long hours, some part of you had to believe that this is what it took to be a physician and that you were on the path. You were going to get there. You were going to become a physician. You aligned yourself with the future version of you who had accomplished the goal and allowed that to help create the determination and motivation to keep going, to keep sacrificing and working hard. You didn't just sit there and hope that it would happen. So whatever it is that you're wanting for yourself right now, I invite you to lean into it and start seeing it for yourself. This isn't a passive process. It requires your intention and your attention to make progress. But when we start identifying ourselves with the outcomes we desire, the mission becomes clear and the decisions that you make can become more straightforward. Take the example, if I have the thought, runners get up and run, it's easier to identify myself as a runner to get out of bed and go for a run. So figure out what it is that you choose to do and step into that space now. Identify with that version of you who's figured it out, who's got the promotion, who is practicing a clinical day with more sustainability in mind, who's getting notes closed and doing the best she can, and make decisions that bring you closer into alignment with that goal. Be willing to fail and try again, keeping in mind the ultimate goal. Be willing to change your tactics. Be curious. I wonder how I can. That is a great sentence to continually ask yourself. I guarantee you that when you engage with this work, you will find yourself taking new actions and making progress towards what is important to you. It is easier when we're keeping that big picture in mind, when we're visualizing ourselves as that physician who is working more sustainably, as that leader who is bringing compassion and dedication to their work, whatever it is that you have in mind. If you want to be a runner, all of those things. If we can imagine ourselves in that place and start to choose actions and make decisions that are alignment with that, the work becomes so much easier. My friends, that's what I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll catch you next time for episode 52. Until then, bye-bye. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.